You're listening to the Stories Behind the Stars podcast. My name is Tatiana Fallon, and I'm your host. This podcast is run by the organization Stories Behind the Stars. This has nothing to do with Hollywood. We are telling the stories behind the stars that were given in World War II. For those of you who are not familiar, during World War II, when a service member was killed, the family received a banner with a gold star on it. We are telling the stories behind these stars. Our goal is to put them all 400,000 into a common database, which then we will build a smartphone app that will be searchable from any location where you can read the story behind the star and you can really come to know the individual that died on D-Day and fought for our freedoms or the individual who was doing their job on the home front and died in a plane crash. This podcast is dedicated to telling those stories as we find them, as our researchers are doing this amazing research. You'll hear from researchers who are all volunteers from all across the country, and you'll hear their story, what brought them to the project, and then also the stories that they are finding. This is amazing content, and I really hope you enjoy this adventure. Welcome to the podcast. Today we have Brian Fussfield. Did I say that right, Brian? Your last you name? did. Well, let's hear some more stories. This is a fairly sad story. All of them are, of course, because these guys didn't come home. But, I mean, that's what the positive benefit is here. Like, not only do they not come home, but we don't really know what their personality was like and who they were. And uh, I'm hoping that, you know, what we're putting on to Fold 3 through Stories Pound the Stars somehow paints a picture of, of these guys' personalities and, and what they did. Private Robert E. Jesper, he was a radio man in headquarters company of the 502nd Parachute Infantry Regiment in the, in the 101st Airborne. So he was also a Bronze Star recipient, and that was a whole other thing that we had to figure out. I did not meet any family members this time around, unfortunately, but I did meet some people on Twitter that were able to further this story than I could have taken it. Another volunteer, by the way, for our project helped me on this. So um, he was an interesting story because it, it ended in mystery. A, a lot of the stories and a lot of the, the men and women we write about, you know, you'll maybe find a, a resource or a small anecdote on how it, his plane went down, his ship was torpedoed, um, their foxhole was hit by a shell. Like if you're lucky enough to have an after-action report written by an officer the day after that happened or something, you'll get that type of info how the casualty happened. But sometimes... These guys are just KIA or MIA, and there's no record of what happened to them. And Robert Jesper was a prime example of this in that he landed. Um, he was a paratrooper in the 502nd. He landed in Normandy on June 6, 1944, D-Day. He fought with his guys. He had a real tough time after landing, and he was wounded in the chest. And this is all recorded, veteran testimonies, like in the years after the war, so the veterans were still pretty young. The, the memories were fresh of what happened. Guys in his unit, guys that he landed with and uh, medics that treated him, officers that he interacted with on the ground, they saw him. He was in good spirits. He, you know, he was standing and fighting with his guys. Um, he was wounded in the chest by what they think machine gun fire. They're not sure, but he was walking wounded and he was in good spirits. So it was not particularly serious, but it was in the chest. Um, the medic and the chaplain that he was with, were and him were taken POW after he was wounded. They're taken prisoner all in the night of D-Day. So this is within the span of a few hours. It hasn't even become light yet. Um, he's seen combat for his first time. He's completely green. He's taken prisoner. He's freed. That's how, you know, uh, dynamic the, the front lines were on the night of D-Day before the invasion. There were no front lines. 
groups of paratroopers were running into groups of Germans and civilians, and it was just kind of flowing throughout the whole night. So he was a prisoner for a little bit. He was freed. He was transported back to Utah Beach after it was taken on June 7th, June 8th. So it's unclear what he was doing all this time, if he was prisoner during these hours. Um, and he was with people and he was in a hospital on the beach. Um, he was worked on, he was ready to go and he was put on a boat, you know, walking himself, waved to his buddies in the mid aid station as he got onto the landing craft to go back to England, to go back to the hospital. That is the last they ever heard of private Robert Jesper. Nobody knew what happened to him. Um, his parents never heard anything. They received no letters um, of it until after the war saying he was missing after the war um, by the way, in the 40s, the United States military, I'm not sure if it still works this way, uh, they consider a m- missing in action personnel killed in action one year to the date after they're declared missing. So um, on, you know, sometime in 45, Jesper's parents received word that he was missing, and then sometime in 46, they received word that he was dead. Um, no word of what happened to him. They didn't receive any of his personal effects. They didn't receive any information on, on where he was, where he died, what happened. And that was the end of my research right there. And I was like, what the heck? It's like the movie just went blank as I was still watching it right before the end. Wow. That's, that's nuts. We figured out what happened to him. So his parents didn't learn until after the war that he was missing. And they were notified exactly a year later that he had been killed in action, assumed because he hasn't shown up for a year. Um, and so his parents sort of started an investigation after that. They started writing to the United States War Graves Department, the State Department, the U.S. Army, um, commanders they could find in the u.s airborne they're trying to find any information they wanted his personal effects they thought they were entitled to a flag you know for his ceremony uh, and for his death which they 100 were they hadn't been given to it they had just been completely short-sighted by the government it's just really terrible and i want to say whoever was working in the war graves department at that time really tried to step in and make up for it and they launched a massive investigation into the whereabouts of private jesper what happened to his effects you know both in his barrack bag back in england where the 500 second was stationed before they dropped and you know his body or where, where he is what happened and so a massive investigation goes on throughout the late 40s 45 to 50 where they're trying to figure out what the heck happened to jesper um and in this letter from the war graves department to his aunt. They have extended family members writing to people working on this battalion. Medical sergeant was with him and administered first aid necessary to enable him to carry on immediately after their recapture to allied lines, Robert Jesper and another member of his regiment were evacuated to an aid station near Utah beach. The other member of his regiment with him stated the following in an interview that I, the writer of this letter had with him after the war, Robert received a chest wound, but was doing very well. He was in good spirits while at the aid station, awaiting transportation back to aid, back to England. He left the aid station, and I've been unable to find any trace of him ever since. Um, and that was kind of as far as it went, and I'm not sure if his parents ever learned anything more than what I just read to you. We, through the Twitter world, through online blogs, just random tidbits and search engines, we were able to piece together what happened. We found out that he, um, after being evacuated off of Utah Beach, he was on a landing craft heading back to England. The ship hit a mine and sunk, and he was one of the few guys that were killed in the explosion when the ship sank. So here's here's an American paratrooper, successfully survives the drop, survives his first night in Normandy, is evacuated. He's almost back to safety. The ship hits a mine on the way back to England, and he's lost. And just in the record keeping of it all, you know, there's no internet, it's all paper. Things were moving quick in 
a temporary aid station in a combat zone four hours prior, there was no record that he was on that ship where he was going, that what kind of wound he had. And, um, I don't know how or where the direct primary source of information came from that said he was on that ship roster that day, but we were able to find it. And, um, thanks to some buddies in, on Twitter and just in the, the research community. And, um, yeah, we're kind of able to provide some closure to this story. I mean, they never found his effects and they were never sent back to his parents, but we do know how he was killed and when and why, you know, he's no longer missing. I think in today's age where it's like, if, if I, you know, if I, my husband's gone or, you know, someone's gone, I could just ping their phone. Right. Like, and you know, exactly within seconds where they're at. Right. Like if, if someone is, is gone, like we, we have such rare occurrences where you don't know where your loved one is for, you know, longer than, an hour right. Right? right and to like go your entire life i mean they, his parents went to the grave not knowing not just like not knowing at all like yeah. that uncertainty would be it, it would be so hard to, to yeah, deal can, you with. Imagine, can you imagine something like that and so i really hope you know you ever been looking around on YouTube for like one really specific recipe or something or something really specific. And somebody's made a video for that. And you're like, wow, I can't believe there's an answer for this on the internet. A family member of the Jespers is like, I need to know what happened to great uncle Robert, et cetera. I need to know what happened to him. And maybe they come across my story and like, that's that specific resource they were looking for. And uh, that's why I work on it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you know, maybe they don't necessarily directly a family member finds him, but I feel like just having that closure written down somewhere just gives so much more to the sacrifice of the, of, you know, of Robert, you know, both then that's why this, again, why this project is so important and uh, why we just need more hands at it. We need to get these stories written. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I really hope you enjoyed this content. Do us a huge favor. Find us on social media. We're on every platform. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, TikTok. You name it, we're on there. Stories Behind the Stars. Follow us so you can see the postings we post, the stories we're finding. Share us with those you know. And please consider visiting storiesbehindthestars.org and volunteering. We need you. (laughs) 